Last week, we started taking a look into what? Anybody remember? Seven churches, but more. I want to be a little more general. Yes, what the church is supposed to be. Okay, so here's some important reminders. I'm not going to go back through all that. Wouldn't be short if I did. The church is not a building. It's not this building. Remember that? Who's the church? Raise your hand. Everyone raise your hand. Everyone. Come on, get out of your comfort zone. Raise your hand. You too, Jonathan. Come on, raise your hand. Jordan, raise your hand. Oh, he's got it up. I just couldn't see it. If you've got your hand raised, you're the church. Okay? And here today, you're the church. But as you go home, you go to your jobs, you go to your families, you're the church, right? So to be the true church, you can't turn it off when you leave here. And I was guilty of that. I've been honest with you guys. I used to have a little phrase 10 years ago. I called it church Jason on Sunday and rest of the world Jason Monday through Saturday. See, I was so aware of how much I turned it off that I had a nickname for it. It's not good. But that's where I was. And God got a hold of me and said, you got to do this all the time. We can't turn it off, okay? You can't turn it off when you leave here today after you party and eat your funnel cakes and then turn it right back on next Sunday and just be that not churchy person during the week, okay? It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now, how you represent the body of Christ, how you represent the church may look a little different when you're here than it does when you're out of here. Right? You know, I'm not running around in Walmart screaming out the great I am. Maybe I should. I'm like, I'll do it. <laughs> you got to go with me, Jacob. <laughs> so it may look a little different, but it shouldn't look a lot different. Do you understand what I mean there? I hope you get on fire in here to encourage you to go out and carry the fire with you. And it's okay if it looks a little different, but if it looks drastically different, that may mean we need to work on some things, okay? I'm not beating you up if it looks drastically different. I'm asking you to feel what I felt and get on board with making some changes. So last week we started this discussion by looking at how Jesus either praised or chastised the seven churches in Revelations, Revelations 2 and 3. It's a super important place to start because Jesus gave us a blueprint of what to do, what he was happy with, and what not to do, what he said I've got to complain against, okay? So if we ignore that at this point, and I ignore it as your leader, shame on us. Jesus gave us a blueprint. We need to follow it. It's right there in black and white. And I gave a challenge. Anybody remember my challenge? One person. I know one other one because she did it. The challenge was if you can memorize the name of the seven churches by today, stand up here and recite them out loud along with their characteristics, I'd give you $100. All right, so here's the deal. Y'all gave it a valiant effort, okay? So what I'm going to do is I have two $100 bills but I'm not giving them to you, either one of you. I am giving them to our police officer who chased a criminal through a creek last night and has no rest before he got here today. Cool with that? Okay, everybody good with that? So you guys need to thank our police officer today. He went through heck last night, showed up here today to serve us as a church. Jesus said to be the greatest in the kingdom is to be a servant. 
And he also said there's no greater love than to be willing to lay your life down for someone. And that man does it every day, okay? So I'm giving the $200 to him, but I'm proud of you two for trying, okay? All right, so we had some characteristics. And here's the good news. I'm going to ask you to take one. I have put this on a piece of paper with all the characteristics for you because it's hard to see on a little screen. But first and foremost, as a church, we're supposed to love Jesus as much as we ever have. It should be growing, not diminishing. We should love each other. Y'all being patient with each other and not rude and all that. Everybody doing good with that? We're supposed to be hardworking, okay? We're supposed to have patient endurance. We're supposed to not tolerate evil people, okay? We're supposed to expose false teachers, preachers, prophets, apostles, whatever you want to call them. Hey, Wendy's back, so she gets to see this be short today. We're supposed to expose liars, we're supposed to suffer for Jesus without quitting. It's not easy to serve Jesus and love him with all your heart. Nobody ever said it was, and Jesus says, suffer for me. He suffered for us. We've got to be willing to suffer and remain faithful. We've got to remain loyal to Jesus, not loyal to our culture. We don't allow Jezebel or any other, either, any other evil spirit in. No sexual sin, no idolatry, constant improvement. And I'm so proud of most of you because I do see constant improvement from you, and I'm thankful for that. We're supposed to allow the Holy Spirit to be alive, not dead. We're supposed to be obedient to Jesus. See, Jesus said, believe in me, but obey me. If you love me, obey me. We learn about that in John. If you love Jesus, you obey Jesus. And he said, persevere one week and be hot. Be on fire, not lukewarm. Okay, he said either be hot or cold. I'd rather you be cold, not believe, not obey, than to be lukewarm. Be one or the other, but my encouragement is let's be hot, okay? So this is our baseline through the whole time. I'm going to leave it up there. This is our baseline through the whole time for however long the Holy Spirit takes us through what the church is supposed to be. Okay, we got a blueprint, and we're going to take this seriously. We're going to hold each other accountable. We agreed on that. So if you missed last week's sermon, Please go back and listen to it because it's foundational for the next month or two. Just because I read these out today doesn't mean you don't need to get that complete blueprint and foundation. Okay, so please go back on our app or website and listen to it. So now we got an idea of what the church is supposed to look like, focus on what we're supposed to be. Here's my next question, and this is where we're going to focus today. Who is the leader of your church? Praise God. Praise God. That means we're doing something right that you knew the answer I was looking for. Jesus. So when you go into most churches today and you say, who is the leader, what is your answer going to be? A person's name. But the leader of your church, this church, wherever you go is Jesus, okay? See, Paul, Paul gives us this answer it's very simple, Colossians 1.18, Colossians chapter 1, verse 18, he said, Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead, so he is first in everything. 
And I think that's the problem with most of the churches today. And you guys know what I'm talking about. You already answered it. But you walk into a church and you go, who's the leader? And they give you the name of a man or a woman. Instead of saying, is Jesus the leader of this church? And I hope if someone asked that about our church, you would say, Jesus is the leader of this church. It's not Jason. It's not Wendy. That's the wrong answer. The leader of this church is Jesus Christ. Is that clear? And when we walk into a church, we shouldn't say, who's the leader? And expect a man's answer or a man's name. We should expect the name Jesus. I believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that we don't do anything here without seeking the permission and guidance of Jesus. Now, we do that through the gift he left us, the Holy Spirit, right? So the Holy Spirit is super important. But that's the problem. I'm afraid when Jesus comes back and he looks at the American church, he's going to say you were more worried about the person leading the church than you were about Jesus leading the church. And that needs to be a challenge for all of us that we never get this out of order. Friday morning, I was asked to come to Cookville to my dad's men's group and give a testimony. Come give your testimony. The way I started it was, this is not my testimony. This is God's testimony. Jesus is first in everything. Okay? They wanted me to give a testimony over what happened and how things have transpired, how I'm finding God, choosing to find God, instead of asking a lot of questions. But here's where I'm going with this. This breakfast had, I don't know, 40 men, and they represented multi-denominations, multi-churches. So this wasn't my dad's church. It was a bunch of men from different churches coming together. Multi, you know, some of them don't agree with each other. They certainly weren't dressed the same. One guy is very starch. Got on his press shirt, tucked into his jeans, and then you got me in there. <laughs> I got up there, and I, was, I had a hat on, and I was like, I need to know what all denominations are here because you know, I need to know if I can wear my hat, take it off, or if I can turn it backwards like you Pentecostals. <laughs> and the Pentecostals laughed, and the Baptists and the Methodists didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but here's my point. That morning, I saw more of a church than I normally see in church. You want to know why? Because it was a bunch of men that don't agree on everything coming together for a common cause. They pray. They go around and hold hands as big old burly men from every age. Parker was the youngest. There was an 80-something-year-old man there, and there's a lot in between. They're not just retired men. They're men that give up their Friday morning to come together for a couple of hours, praise Jesus, pray for people, and grow closer to Christ. That's the church. See, that was a better representation of church than most churches we would ever go to. And I love that example. <laughs> so when this thing was over, a man walked up to me, and he said, What denomination is your church? And I answered the way I always do. We are the denomination that teaches people how to follow and obey Jesus. We're the denomination that teaches people what the Bible says about Jesus. And you know what he did? He gave me a high five. <laughs> I said, we are the church that teaches people who Jesus is and how to obey. And he gave me a high five. See, most people, when they ask that question, they're waiting to judge if you're doing it the way they want or not. But this man got it. 
He got it that it's not about a denomination. It's not about a leader. It's about teaching people to follow Jesus. So when someone says, who is the leader of this church? Who is the pastor at Harvest at the Silos? What do you think I want you to say? Thank you. Please don't say, oh, it's Jason and Wendy Butler in their church. It's Jesus' church, okay? Maybe that'll attract some people that want to know about Jesus and not a man. But remember, church doesn't start and end with this building. So here is a question that may hit a little harder. Who's the leader at your home? Okay, Jesus. Who's the leader of your women's group? Who's the, who's the leader of the men's group? Okay, you guys are catching on. You're doing good. Scripture says where two or more are gathered. Where two or more are gathered in his name, he is there. So by definition, if there are two or more together in Jesus' name, that is church, okay? And if two or more are together, I don't care where you are, the leader is Jesus. Everybody clear on that? All it takes, two people to make a church. If you are meeting someone for coffee on a Thursday morning, it's just two of you, you're talking about Jesus, what are you? And who's your leader? Man, y'all are good. You're catching on. If you're in a church of 10,000 Christians in a large auditorium on Sunday, what are you? And who's your leader? Okay, same answer. When you call your friend on the phone and they ask you to pray for them, what are you? You're having church on the phone. And who's the leader? When you go to the movies as a family and you're a Christian family, you're believers, what is it? And who's your leader? Yes, Jesus, even at the movies. You meet your friend for lunch, church, Jesus. It's the same answer. You need me to keep going or do you get it? Parker had a good point. does depend on what movie you're watching. <laughs> if Jesus is the leader, you'll be watching a good movie. Always Jesus, always Jesus. But if I ask you who's the leader of our country, would you say Jesus? This isn't a Biden or Trump discussion, okay? I want to be clear on that. This isn't a who's coming next in 2024. But we are trained as humans to worship a man and look for a man to serve our problems. And we're going to do that, but that man is Jesus, okay? If you look at the world right now and you say, who's the leader of the world? Would you say Jesus? You might say the United States because of our power. You might say the United Nations but it definitely isn't Jesus, right? So you get it. So if I ask who's the leader of the United States or the leader of the world, you know the answer is not Jesus. But when I ask you who's the leader of a church, is the answer always Jesus? Depends on the church. See, if, if, if Jesus, thank you. If Jesus is not the answer to the question of who's the leader of the church, guess what it is? It's a business that's teaching good morals. And that's the megachurch model, unfortunately. I'm not saying all of them. I'm saying that is prevalent in the United States today. And we wonder why our families are falling apart. We wonder why churches are not respected and why people won't stand up for Jesus. So parents, I'm asking you, who's the leader in your house? Who wears the pants in your family? Don't answer that out loud unless it's Jesus. Thank you, whoever said it over here. 
That's a question you always get, right? Who wears the pants in your family? Is the answer Jesus? If it ain't, you got the wrong person wearing the pants, okay? <laughs> By the way, seven churches we talked about, did it ever talk about a pastor of the church? Not once. Not once did Jesus Christ say, pastor of the church, I'm mad at you. I have a complaint against you. You're doing good. He said, the church. There's no pastors mentioned anywhere in the Bible. Have you ever stopped and realized that? There's never, Paul didn't say, I'm writing to the church in Ephesus and their leader, Don Eisenberg. I'm writing to the church in Philadelphia and their leader, Justin Richmond. No, he said, I'm writing to my fellow believers in Christ. Now, he often talked about who brought the gospel to them, who was in charge of persevering and suffering and bringing it to them, but he never talked about who was the leader that I remember. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what we focus on, and we got to get our focus turned off that if we're going to understand what the church is supposed to be. Most churches today, whether they're in the United States or the world, are defined by things like who is the man leading the church. How many of y'all know big-name pastors? You can just recite one off the top of your head. How many of you know where that man preaches? City, state, name of church. Does the number of hands go down a little? I know a lot of pastors I follow, and I don't even know where they're located. But see, that's what we're trained to do as people is we follow people. I'm not saying those people are bad. Maybe some of those people have incredible hearts and they get that Jesus is the leader and Jesus is the leader of their church and we should still be listening to them because God uses people to lead people. Okay, so there's still that component. I'm talking about when a church makes it more about the man. When you can't get anywhere near the guy that's your leader because he's got 17 security guys around him. Have faith to live as Christ, to die as gain. Where are all my security guards? See, that's pumping yourself up to be a little high and mighty. I, and I want to be careful. I'm not saying everybody that's surrounded by security guards is a bad person. I'm just saying, how far have we gotten from Scripture and what was our model? Jesus is the leader. So, guys, quit asking who's the leader of their church. Ask them if Jesus is the leader. Ask them if Jesus is the boss of their group, their gathering. The church is defined as two or more gathered in Jesus' name, and that's our starting point. Our starting point last week was here's what's good and bad and what Jesus expects us to do and work on, and we're going to work on that. But none of that matters if Jesus isn't our leader. And then we're going to look at other things like joy. We're supposed to have joy as a church. We're supposed to have unity we're supposed to have repentance and change. Man, that joy and unity sounded good, but now I'm talking about the hard stuff like repentance, which means change. And we're going to evaluate this list of things that Jesus liked and disliked every week and see how we're doing. And eventually, we might get to Acts. I thought that's where we're going to start, but see, my boss, Jesus, keeps telling me a different story each week. I was going into Acts last week, and he's like, no, 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 you're going to go over here first. And then this week I was going to go into Acts. Wouldn't it be really cool to talk about how they gathered together in Acts and ate meals together on the day we're gathering to eat meals? That just made sense to me. And my boss went, no, 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 no. you got to make sure they understand that I'm the leader. Jesus is the leader. 
And I thank Jesus for being our leader and for redirecting us when we think we got it all together. Because I want our church and wherever you go as a church to represent a perfect church. And I know everything's not perfect, but I want you to be led by the only perfect man who ever walked the earth. That's the only way you're going to be impactful as a church, whether it's two or 40 or 10,000 if Jesus is the leader. Okay, everybody got that? And I just told you it would be short, and it is. Father, thank you for giving your son Jesus to die for us, yes, to reunite us with you, yes, but to be the leader of our church. Father, help us to tear away from the world's model of church and life where we worship a man and that we would worship the only man that was ever perfect, Jesus Christ. Father, always keep our eyes directed on your son, Jesus, and everything we do as we lay this foundation of what we want to be and focused on as a church. In Jesus' name, amen.